Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for December 1st, 2022. So for those of you that are new here, I, I start off with the word of God on a daily basis. We look at some scripture, we talk about it, and then I give you Bible application for daily living. So we turn the corner from information to application, from learning to living. So for us, the word of God is alive. It is quick and powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to separate soul from spirit. The word of God shows us who we really are, which is our spirit. And then it shows us in our soul where our mind, emotions, and will don't line up with God, don't line up with what God is saying. And when those things don't line up, it is the Holy Spirit through the word of God that convicts us to change the way we think and feel and make decisions to line up with God so we can be more and more like God. Say this, the goal is, say this out loud, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Put that in the chat. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. What I'm I'm trying to do is I'm trying to become like Jesus. I want to become a human conduit of the divine. When people come in contact with me, say that, when people come in contact with me, they come in contact with Jesus. We've been learning how to be, become a success, how to be successful in God's eyes, how to do things God's way, how to experience God's best. It's all about him, right? So there's a series we've been in for over nine weeks now, Pursuing Grace-Based Success. This is part 46, uh, and this is December 1st, part 46. The title of today's message is Resting in, Resting in God is a Major Key to Your Success. This is part three. So I've been flowing in this vein for the last couple of days, We've been learning about entering into God's rest. I'm going to continue to talk about that today, but today I'm going to do something special. We've been looking at Hebrews chapter 4, and I love Hebrews chapter 4. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we studied that. It's connected to Numbers chapters 13 and 14. But today, for whatever reason, the Lord wanted me to bring in Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. Most of you know this story about this woman that her menstrual cycle got stuck in the arm position. She was in a terrible situation because in the Old Testament, when when a woman was on her cycle, she was considered unclean. And so she basically had to stay away from everybody for that week. Well, her menstrual cycle was stuck in the arm position for 12 years. And so she was ostracized. She had spent all her money. She didn't grow any better. She She was financially broke. She was physically debilitated. She was socially an outcast. She was mentally strong. I mean, she was like in a bad way, in a bad situation. But she kept saying within herself, if I could just but touch the hem of Jesus's garment, I shall be made whole. And she got her breakthrough. I'm going to bring that into what we've been studying. Man, this is going to be good. Listen, I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release in your life. Get ready for, hold on for a minute. Let me make sure I can see this thing. All right. Get ready for the word. All right, let's get ready for the word. Let's get into it. So we've been looking at um, some foundational scriptures. I want to share those with you again, and then we'll get into it. So Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10, the Bible says, I mean that you were saved by grace. Say, I was saved by grace. You were saved by grace. I keep repeating this to you because I want you to get it. It's not about you. It's all about him. 
Grace is God's unmerited favor. You were saved by this unmerited favor. God provided eternal life to everyone everywhere because of Jesus. And all we do now is receive the gift. And so grace is a gift. What we do is receive the gift. And how do we receive the gift? We receive it by faith. So our faith taps into God's grace so that we can be the men or the women that God has called us to be. So it is a gift from God. Say it's a gift. You're not saved by the things that you've done. So you have nothing to boast about. As a believer, you are not saved by the things that you have done. So you have nothing to boast about. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us a new creation, the Bible says, so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So there's some good works that I'm supposed to do. There's some good works that you're supposed to do. Now, we're supposed to get to work. Say, I have work to do. Put that in the chat. I have work to do. You have work to do. And, and you and I, we're not saved by work, but we're saved for work. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, God has united you with Christ Jesus. Now, for our benefit, God made him Christ Jesus to become wisdom itself, and he made us holy. He made us pure, right, with him. We are the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God right now. So I am, I am the righteousness of God by faith because of Jesus, and I have access to wisdom because of Jesus, and God made me pure, God made me holy, God freed me from sin. All of that is because of Jesus. None of that is because of me. So verse 31 says, therefore, I have nothing to boast about. If I'm going to boast, I can boast only in the Lord. So listen, I want to just kind of, for the people that may be new, I just want to let you know, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not here to tell you about the power of I. And I'm not about I cantations and I can do this and I can do that. I want you to know that I can do nothing. Right. I, I, I can do nothing outside of God. And so in God, I can do everything. But without God, I can do nothing. And so it's not about the power of you. It's about the power of him. It's all about him. I'm not a self-made man. I'm a God made man. And so you, what you want to do is make sure that you are giving God the glory for every aspect of your life. Say amen to that. Say I live. Put this in the chat. I live to glorify God. I am on this planet to bring glory to his name. And what happens is when you live to glorify God, God will make your name great. If you are focused on making his name great, God will make your name great. Say amen to that. Say that. Say God makes my name great. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, the Bible says, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So it's all about him. It's not about us. So we've been learning how to enter into God's rest. And like I said, I'm going to bring in Mark chapter five and the woman with the issue of blood today. So what does this mean for you today? This Thursday morning, what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you on this morning. As I get into these things, this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. You ready? Number one, here we go. If you want to enter into God's rest, you cannot dwell on the past. Say, I do not dwell on the past. You have to be a forward ever, backward never, the best is yet to come type believer, right? I, I, you, you have to, that's why every day I tell you to say out loud, greater is coming for me because I want you to look forward and not backward. I want you to look up and not down. You cannot dwell on the past if you want to become the man or the woman that God called you to be. Let's talk about the woman with the issue of blood first. So the woman with the issue of blood in the text, um, I'm not going to read it to you. I'll just tell you the story. The Bible says, 
that, you know, her menstrual cycle was stuck in the off position. So she had been bleeding for 12 long years. She was physically debilitated. Psychologically, once again, she couldn't be around people because, you know, under the Levitical law, she was considered unclean. And so she had spent all her money on physicians. She didn't grow any better. As a matter of fact, she grew worse. And, and she's sitting there and she hears about this miracle worker named Jesus. And for whatever reason, it was the grace of God. It was the Holy Ghost that said, man, your breakthrough is out there. And she kept saying to herself, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't sit there saying, well, woe is me. I don't have no money. I've spent all my money. I've been to all the doctors. This thing, why did this happen to me? I keep bleeding. And this, why? Did, no, she wasn't dwelling on the past. She was looking forward. If you want to receive what God has called you to receive, if you want to walk in God's best, you're going to have to learn how to look forward and not backward. Let me deal with Hebrews chapter 4 and Numbers 13 and 14. So the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about the Israelites in Numbers 13 and 14. And you know the story by now, right? They put a no where God had put a yes. And so God says, hey, I'm giving you this land. This is land that I promised your forefathers to give you some 400 years ago. Send 12 spies into the land. Tell them to bring back evidence that the land is good. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. 12 spies went into the land. They brought back, back the evidence. But 10 of the 12 spies said, man, we can't do this. Um, yeah, there's giants in the land. Yeah, the land is good and everything, but the land is inhabited. And we don't have any power over these people. And, and matter of fact, we, we, we're almost like grasshoppers in their sight. They're giants and they're bigger than us and they're stronger than us and we can't do it. They had no confidence in God. Now, here's the point. Now, two out of the 12, Joshua and Caleb said, no, we are well able. We can do this thing. Now, in one sense, I kind of understand how the 10 spies may have said what they said, right? I mean, because they had just, in context, they had just been delivered out of Egypt. They had been in Egypt as slaves for 400 years. So all they knew was slavery. So they have newfound freedom. They got out of Egypt, but it was, watch this, it's easier for God to take them out of Egypt than to get Egypt out of them. So, it, so while they were no longer slaves, they still had a slave mentality. And so as a believer, sometimes it's easier, like you're born again, and the, the, the Bible says that you're born again. You're born from above. God called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. God seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God says all of these things. but And God took you out of the world. But it's easier for God to take you out of the world than for you to get the world out of you. So now they are born again. They're hearing the gospel. We are well able, but they didn't believe it. Why? Why? You can make the argument that they didn't believe it because they were looking back. They were like, man, you know, I mean, who, I don't know. I, I don't have any experiences with God like this. All I know is I was born a slave. My mama was a slave. My grandmama was a slave. And all of a sudden I'm free. And all of a sudden this man, Moses, is telling us that we can do this thing. And, and then there's these guys that went into the land and Joshua and Caleb, these are some young dudes talking about we are well able. Who are they? Like, I mean, so, so it's hard to move forward if you're going to be looking back. Listen, I understand. I mean, you can make the argument that it's understandable what they did. And millions of people died, died in the wilderness because of it. But as a believer, you cannot dwell on the past. Whether your past was good or bad, at the end of the day, you are going to have to open up your heart to your future. God wants to overwhelm you with his goodness. But it's hard for God to overwhelm you with his goodness and you receive it if you keep holding on to the pain from the pain of the past. And so, so say this right now. Say this out loud. 
I let go so I can lay hold. It's hard for you and I to lay hold of what God has given us now if we can't let go of what's behind us. And so it's forward ever, backward never, the best is yet to come, greater is coming for me. You got it? That's how a key component to entering into God's rest. All right, number two, you got to expand your capacity to believe God. Man, oh, glory. I love this this point. I've taught this point for years, expanding your capacity to believe God. Mark 9 and 23 says, all things are possible to him that believes. And so you're only limited by your capacity to believe God. You are limited by your capacity to believe. If you can't believe it, you can't have it. In the kingdom, people say, well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. No, but in the kingdom, if you can't see it, you can't have it. If you can't see it, you will never be it. Your eyes will... Your legs will never take you where your soul has never been. And so you have to believe it first. And so do you truly believe God? The woman with the issue of blood, she believed God. She was believing God for her breakthrough. Even when all human hope was gone, she believed God and her belief opened the door to faith. So let me, let me, let me give you this like a visual. This is belief. This is the belief stage. When you believe that something is possible for you, then that just opens the door to the possibility. You haven't done anything yet, but it opens the door to the possibility of it. So, but then you walk through that door with your faith. But if you don't believe that something is possible, then you'll never get to the faith stage if you can't get past the belief stage. Think about this woman. This woman believed that even though she had been to all the doctors, all the physicians, she had been to all the spiritual leaders, she'd been to everybody and she didn't grow any better. She grew any, she got worse. She believed that if she just touches Jesus' garment, she's going to be made whole. That's what she believed. She just believed it. And I'm telling you, and because she believed it, she exercised faith for it. She started speaking faithful words. She launched out. She wasn't supposed to be in the crowd. She was like, forget the law. I'm, I'm, she broke through the crowd. She pushed people out the way. She's like, I'm going to touch this man. And she touched Jesus and her touch stopped Jesus. Jesus was walking. He had to stop because virtue left his body. Why? Because she believed God. Now, the the people in Numbers 13 and 14, they didn't believe God. And because they didn't believe God, they can never get to the faith stage. Remember, faith, what happened with the faith stage? If you fast forward to where Joshua finally went into uh, the Canaan, into the land flowing with milk and honey, and you know the story where they walked around the wall and they shouted and the walls came down, well, that was faith. Well, the people in Numbers 13 and 14 could never get to faith because they couldn't get past belief. Listen, you and I, look at me for a minute. I want to be clear about this point. I've, t- I've taught on this before, but you and I, were called to walk and live by faith. Faith is something you say, something you do or see that you sow based on, some, based on what you believe God revealed to you about your future. It is future to you, but past to him. However, you will never activate your faith if you don't even believe it. It's like belief is over here and faith is over here. You will never get to faith if you can't get past belief. I want you to expand your capacity to believe God. I want you to believe in the impossible. There's nothing God can't do. Listen, no matter what you're facing this morning, no matter how big it is, God wants you to believe his God-sized dreams. And, and, and God wants you to believe on a level. We we limit God a lot of times. We limit God by our by our inability to believe him, right? And so all things are possible to him that believe, but you have to believe. You have to tear down every limit that you've ever placed on our limitless God and open up your heart to receive God's best. Say amen to that. All right, number three, I'm giving you a lot. This this is good, but I'm breaking this thing down. Number three, speak faith-filled words. Put this in the chat. 
first of all, put this in the chat. I believe the impossible. Put it in the chat. I see the invisible. And then and then say this. I speak faith-filled words. I'm speaking the language of faith on a daily basis. Faith has a language. And I can, I can hear it. When I talk to people, I, I can hear faith. But you know what else I can hear? Fear, doubt, and unbelief. I can tell. I can talk to somebody for five minutes and tell whether or not they're really in faith or not. And so faith has a language. And so you got to speak the language of faith. So the language of faith speaks its desired outcome. The woman with the issue of blood, that's what she did. As a matter of fact, let me take you to her story. In Mark chapter five, there's this woman with the issue of blood that we're talking about. But if you back up a little bit, uh, in Mark chapter four, Mark chapter five, man, this Jesus had this amazing day. He got up, he healed all these people. And then after that, he got tired. He got into the boat. He said, let's go to the other side. He gets into the boat. He falls asleep inside of the boat in the hinder part of the, the ship. He falls asleep on a pillow. The boat takes on water. The disciples thought they were going to die. They wake up Jesus. He said, why'd you wake me up? I was sleeping good, dude. You know, where's your faith? He speaks to the storm, calms the sea. Everybody's amazed. He gets to, over there to the land of Gad. There was this man in the land of Gad, of the Gadarenes. He was like breaking chains supernaturally. He was filled with the legion of demons. Jesus cast the demons out of the man into a herd of swine, gets into the boat, goes back to the other side. When they get back to the other side, he gets off the boat. There's a man, there's a crowd there. A man breaks out of the crowd, runs down to Jesus, falls at Jesus' feet. This man was a ruler of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. And he says to Jesus, Master, my daughter is lying at the point of death. But if you would come to my house and lay hands on her, she shall recover and she shall live. Listen, listen. He spoke the language of faith. He, he acknowledged I got a question yesterday. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Well, what do I do? Do I not say what's going on? No, you can say what's going on. You can acknowledge the problem and speak faith, speak the solution. He, he acknowledged it. He said, my daughter is lying at the point of death. I'm not going to lie about it. She's lying at the point of death. But, but Jesus, if you come to my house and, and lay hands on her, she shall recover and she shall live. I want to be clear about something. Jesus could have healed the little girl from the seashore. Jesus could have said to Jairus, just go, your daughter's healed. But he couldn't do that because that's not what Jairus believed. Jairus believed Jesus needs to come to my house. Jairus said, Jesus, I need you to come to my house. I need you to lay hands on my daughter. She shall recover. She shall live. So what did Jesus do? Exactly what Jairus said. Jesus did it the way that Jairus said it because that's what he said and that's what he believed. God will meet you at your level of faith. Okay, what about the woman with the issue of blood? While Jesus is going with Jairus, so Jesus said, let's go. The disciples said, let's go. The crowd said, let's go because church people are nosy. And all these people are following Jairus. And as they go into Jairus's house, this woman breaks through the crowd and touches Jesus. And Jesus stops and like, oh, snap, what just happened? Virtue left my body. Somebody touched me. And the disciples like, everybody's touching. He said, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with a different type of touch. Why did she get her breakthrough when she touched Jesus? Because that's what she said. She kept saying, if I could just but touch him, if I could just but touch him, if I could just but touch him, I shall be made whole. So when she touched him, boom, she was made whole. Why? Because that's what she said. The nation of Israel, Numbers 13 and 14, they said, we can't do it. And so what did they get? They got what they said. You got to speak the language of faith. I don't, I don't know if you realize how important your words are. You are going to, good or bad, you're going to have what you say. So while you're resting in God, you, you got to speak the language of faith. And then you can never allow what you see to change what you said. You got to say what God said until you see what God said. Say amen to that, which leads me to number four. Number four is watch your mouth. Oh, look, I wish, I wish we were around somebody. I could say, look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Put that in the chat. You better watch your mouth. 
to rest in God's best, you can't, you got to watch your mouth. I think way too many people underestimate the power of your words. The Bible says that you're going to have whatsoever you say. You're speaking words of faith from a believing heart. You're going to have whatsoever you say. I think people don't, they're not cognizant of the fact that every time they speak, especially speaking words that they believe, you are, you are activating things to happen in your life. Your words are either releasing faith or releasing fear. And I hope that you get, you get this. What the devil does is when you believe in God and you're trying to rest in God, he tries to put the pressure on you. He cranks up the pressure on you so that you can change your confession. Remember the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, listen, we're not going to bow. Mr. King, we ain't even worrying about you. We're not going to bow. And so the king turned up the heat seven times hotter. And that's what the devil will do. He will turn up the heat on you to try to get you to change your confession. Listen, the woman said, if I could just but touch him, if I could just but touch him, I shall be made whole. Boom, she touched him. She was made whole. Jairus said, if you come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she shall recover. She shall live. On the way there, the little girl died. On the way there, the people said, hey, Jairus, she's dead. Don't bother the master anymore. But he didn't change his confession. He just kept his mouth closed. Jesus said, be not afraid. Only believe. Don't open your mouth. Listen, here's a nugget. Don't open your mouth and say something negative. If you can't say something positive, don't say anything at all. Jairus just shut his mouth. He kept his mouth shut. And Jesus said, well, as long as if you tell me to, to stop, I'm going to stop. If you tell me don't come, I'm not going to come. Please don't say that, Jairus. Before you say anything crazy, let me just tell you, keep believing. Jesus went to his house. And when he got to his house, he could have, from the door, raised the little girl from the dead, but he couldn't because that's not what Jairus said. Jairus said, you got to lay hands on her. So he had to kick everybody out. He had to physically touch the girl. Why? Because that's what Jairus said. Do you get the importance of your words? Like, you got to watch your mouth. The, the woman got exactly what he said. Jairus got exactly what he said. And the nation of Israel got exactly what they said. They said, we can't do it. So they died in the wilderness because of it. Only two guys said, we can do it. Guess what? Those two guys got their breakthrough 40 years later. They still got it because that's what they said. Say this. I'm going to have whatsoever I say. I want you to know this. Good or bad, you shall have whatsoever you say. This is like a faith refresher this morning for you. And then number five, the last thing as I close, you got to choose your friends wisely. You got to surround yourself with people of like precious faith. For you to rest in God, for you to enter into God's rest, for you to be at peace in your heart, you're going to have to surround yourself with people of like precious faith. Your inner circle is critical. Jesus had the 5,000, he had the 70, he had the 12, but whenever the pressure was on, he only hung with three people, Peter, James, and John. You can't have a bunch of people. Right. You don't have a lot of people in your inner circle because you're not going to have a lot of people that can believe God. And here's another thing. You don't want to share. You can, You should only share. Say this. Say this out loud. Put it in the chat. I only share precious things with precious people. Say that. I only share precious things with precious people. You can't share everything with everybody. You, you can only share precious things with precious people. There's some people that you can't share stuff with. There's some people that you can't entrust with the promises of God over your life. There's some people that you cannot share what God is saying to you because they will be dream killers. These are people that are, that they, they maybe they say they're, they're your friend, but they, they're not on the same level of faith. You have to believe. Listen, millions of people died because the 10 spies put a no where God put a yes, and the people believed the 10. You have to have people around you 
that are gonna that are gonna build you up. You need people in your tribe, in your inner circle, that are gonna believe God with you. When the pressure's on, you got somebody in the hospital. When the pressure is on, you're going through something in your marriage. When the pressure's on, you're going through something with your children. When the pressure's on, you're going through something in your finances. You need a small group of people that can believe God with you. You need people while you're resting. That, that are going to encourage you to keep going. You need somebody in your circle that's going to build you up and not tear you down. That's going to encourage you. That's going to tell you, girl, you got this thing. Hey, let me tell you something, man of God. You got you. you. Listen, this is me. I, I, I'm an encourager. Somebody told me yesterday, I'm, I'm right now at a conference where I'm around people of like precious faith. I'm not only with my spiritual parents, my spiritual covering that are pouring into me, but I'm around my peers, other pastors that are my friends, other pastors that we're in the same covenant. We're just, I'm talking about just hanging out with my, with people on my level. We're talk, you got to have some peers in your life that you can just talk to on your level. You got to have people above you that are pouring into you. You got to have people coming behind you that are looking up to you, but you need people on your level that you could just talk to and that you, they will encourage you and you will encourage them. And, and these are people of like Precious faith. Well, last night, you know, I go to sleep early normally. Last night, Isabella and I, we stayed out late. Why? Because we were fellowshipping. And I was just talking to one of my brothers and he was talking to me and I was building him up and he was building me up. You got to have people of like precious faith in your circle. And these people of like precious faith are going to help you to rest in God's promises. These people are like precious faith. They will help fuel your faith. They will help you to feed your faith and to starve your doubts. Say amen to that. You want to become a success? Be careful who you hang with. My mother used to tell me, let enseñame con quien andas y te diré quien eres. I was speaking in tongues. Let me give you the interpretation. Show me who you hang with and I will tell you who you are. That's what my mother told me all the time. You got you to gotta be around some people of like precious faith that can believe God, that when you're sharing your you, what God is saying to you, they're going to be like, man, let's set our faith in agreement. Let's believe God together. You, you got to have, remember when Mary went to Elizabeth's house and Mary walked in. As soon as Mary walked through the door, Elizabeth's baby leaped. Listen, let me tell you something. As I close, you got to have some people in your life that will make your baby leap. I'm at this conference right now. And on the way, I did today's word yesterday from the house. And one of the guys said, man, I was watching you this morning from the airport. And I was like, let's go, man. You really encouraged me. You got to have some people that'll make your baby leap. I'm talking about you're believing God for something and you haven't give, given birth to it yet. But you need some people in your life that when you talk to them, whoo, glory, like you feel the power of God. You just feel activated. I'm one of those people. I, I know for, for a lot of you, I'm one of those people that I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes and you're going to feel like you could leap a tall building with a single bound. I'm an encourager. I'm called to do it. I'm called to encourage you. I'm called to motivate you. I'm called to excite you. I'm called to stir up your faith. Put this in the chat. My faith is stirred up. Say it. Say it out loud. My faith is stirred up now in Jesus name. Glory to God. I, I listen, I know today was, was a little bit different because I was like, God, why you want me to talk about the women with the issue of blood? This has nothing to do with Hebrews 4. has nothing to do with Numbers 13 and 14. He said, bring it all together. And that's what we did. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice. It was a good message too, by the way. I want you to speak this over your life. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about grace-based success. I will not settle for any less than the manifestation of your promises in my life. Once I receive a promise in my spirit, either from your word or from your voice, I resolve 
to operate in faith and patience until it comes to pass. I say what you said until I see what you said. (laughs) I speak the word only. Yes, yes. I will not allow the enemy or anyone else to cause me to change my confession. I will not allow what I see to cause me to change what I say. Even if it gets worse before it gets better, I speak the language of faith. The devil has no place over me, no power over me, and no unsettled claims against me. The devil cannot stifle me or my faith because I refuse to be condemned. There is no condemnation for me. I am forgiven. I live by faith. I have patience and I will hold on to see your best in my life. I am resting while you are working and I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you too. God loves you more. As you go into this day, do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat. I like to read those. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Forward ever. Backward never. The best is yet to come. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, I published a book and several journals, and we also have Grace Life gear. You can find all of that information at rickpina.co. Go to rickpina.co, and that's your one-stop shop to be able to access all of the products and apparel that we have available for you. Thank you for being a blessing to us, and we pray that we continue to be a blessing to you.